Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 16th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Great morning, everybody. Um, I just had some coffee. Blessing, I've been more and more thinking about getting a, stream, a Steam Deck. Oh, have you not already gotten one? Have you not already purchased no, it? No, I, I never felt like I needed it, and I still don't feel like I'll need it, but I would love to just Dude. be... I would love the ability to get one quicker than Greg Miller. Like, if we can make that happen. I think that's the number one reason you should get it. Number two reason is I've been using this thing a lot over the weekend because I traveled. I went to Houston to hang out with mm. family. And when I tell you, first of all, I was very conflicted on whether or not I should bring my Steam Deck along with me. Um, mainly because last time I traveled and brought my Switch along with me, oh. I ended up getting my Switch stolen. And I was like, oh, I don't Tragedy. want that to happen again. But, like, I've been, me and the Steam Deck have been attached at the hip. Like, I really sat down and I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can survive the weekend without my Steam Deck. Like, I really I really might need this thing because, like, I'm really, I, I, I was really into Patrick's Parabox. I beat it over the weekend. And I was uh, super into Elekhead because that was announced at the Nintendo oh. Indie World. And I was like, shit, I can play this right now on PC on my Steam Deck if I want to play it portable. Cross so, like played back at home, too. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, have I been emulating games on this? allegedly only allegedly though who knows you can't say you hear that yeah yeah allegedly allegedly have i been uh, emulating things on it but yeah i've been attached to this thing so i was like you know what fuck it man i'm gonna bring it i'm gonna just watch it like a hawk make sure that this thing is on my person at all times and i like do not let go of this thing and so i've been playing it nonstop this weekend and i have been having the time of my life like i i think I, i mentioned it when i first got it on the games cast that it reminds me of getting a new console like when the switch first dropped and you get your hands on it and you play zelda breath of the wild and you're like smell it for oh like my an god hour. yeah like you get it you smell it you know you look at cartridge and you're like wow this is the future mm-hmm. i've been having the same exact experience with my steam deck and it's been off the chain i can't recommend this thing enough yeah i i definitely um i'm getting to that point where i know i will be traveling soon and i just don't want to I, I wish i just had like a tablet again i said it a million times but i wish i just had an ipad size thing that didn't require the handheld that didn't i would just uh, bluetooth the con- uh, controller in usbc a controller in let me rock i've been addicted to rogue legacy holy cow i can't hell stop yeah. playing that damn game hell yeah uh, i also want to give an update right because last games cast i mentioned that i was going to gift my nephews uh, a switch and some games uh got to do that over the weekend and also i want to point out i mentioned this to bear before the show that like i've visited my nephew's like twice over the last 12 months now. Both times I've come back. In the day upon getting back, I have gotten a cold. Uh, and so if I sound weird, it's because I am slightly sick. I'm not like all the way sick. I'm still operating. Who knows? Tomorrow I'm, pro- I'm probably going to lose my voice because that's how that usually goes. Uh, but ended up gift- gifting them the Switch. And the hit on the Switch, Mario Kart. They absolutely love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. And also, also Sonic Forces. <laughs> At the oh, last minute, yeah. at the last minute, I was like, "Oh, do I give these kids Sonic Forces? Maybe I will, just to see, like, you know, plant that seed, maybe get them into, into Sonic a little bit." Uh, and they were loving Sonic Forces, like the, getting to create their character, getting to like into the first stage and like j- hopping around, because like this is their first 
experience with a game of the of this ilk of this magnitude right usually yeah. they're playing like android stuff or like the download downloadable games that they can get on their amazon fire tv stuff like that uh and so upon booting up sonic forces this kid my oldest nephew he's like seven years old he was enthralled and i was so happy about it because i was like dude not only are you like getting into to, to sonic right which is like you know hey kids love sonic but also you only you only have up to go from here like wait until you get your hands on mario odyssey wait until you get your hands on some like actual good games like i'm setting you up for success it's not like when i was a kid and my first game was super mario 64 and it only went downhill from from there like sure. starting off with sonic forces it's like oh yeah you're gonna climb premiere like wait until fortnite finishes downloading wait until these other games finish download i got him rocket league as well which is free but downloaded it for him this that kid has a catalog of games that he's gonna have fun with that's the best time to get him in when their judgment skills are at their lowest right they don't know what a good mm -hmm. game is they don't know what yep. a bad game is i loved mortal kombat 2 the movie as a kid and this kid loves sonic forces like hell yeah you know what and i mean I same level you know and i will say like while i was playing sonic with this kid i did have the moment where i was like man I actually can't wait for the next Sonic game. Like, Sonic Forces, kind of very disappointing as a Sonic game, but it wasn't, like, terrible. It wasn't, like, the worst game ever. It was just, like, a solidly mediocre to bad game. It was, like, in that sixth area, which is overall disappointing. But, like, playing it with him, I was like, damn. And you know what, man? I could go for another 3D Sonic game. I could do that right now. And so, hey, man, Sonic the new Sonic Frontiers coming soon, hopefully by, the, by holiday 2022. But, Andy... Enough about Sonic Frontiers. We got a whole lot of news to talk, talk about. Uh, today's stories include the PS Plus games lineup being revealed, uh, big Silent Hill plans are in the works, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use upper creator code kind of funny on all like store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you, uh, in case you missed it, there's a new episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, where the crew is joined by Danny Pena from G4 and Gamertag Radio to talk about Starfield and Redfall's delay. Uh, that's available right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. And really quick, I do want to say the post show for that episode might be one of the funniest post shows that we've had in a very long time. So if you want to check it out, mm. it's like 25 minutes long. Go to patreon.com slash kind of cool. Games. It's, that's, that's almost a whole episode right there. It's, it's just Paris and Danny just going back and forth at, uh, at each other about this bet that they made. And it's truly one of the funniest things. So go check it out over on Patreon. Hell yeah, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Speaking of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Maple Story and Lumen Skin, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Baker's dozen. And Andy Barrett, you know, the number six, when it comes to the Roper Report, it sounds like one of them low numbers, all right? Number that doesn't of the sound like a, that is, that's the number of the beast, exactly. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it's not a lot of news, but let me tell you, these are some beefy-ass news stories, starting with our story number one. The new PS Plus games lineup 
has been revealed. I am pulling directly from the PlayStation blog, and this is going to be a lengthy read, so bear with me, but it's all worth it because every single detail counts in this one. It reads like this. It's almost here. Our new PlayStation Plus service is launching soon, and we are pleased to share with you an early look at some of the games that will be included during the launch timeframe. As we announced in March, there will be three benefit plans to choose from, all with exciting games to play. Here's a look at the games to come. Please note titles may vary by local market, and some titles may not be available to stream until after launch, but they will be available to download and play. Let's start with the PS4 and PS5 games catalog. Uh, they separate it by uh, PlayStation Studios and third party. So reading from PlayStation Studios games, the list goes like this. You're getting Alienation, Bloodborne, Concrete Genie, Days Gone, Dead Nation Apocalypse Edition, Death Stranding and Death Stranding Director's Cut, Demon's Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Everybody's Golf, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, God of War, Gravity Rush 2, Gravity Rush Remastered, Horizon Zero Dawn, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Sun, Knack, Little Big Planet 3, Loco Roco Remastered, Loco Roco 2 Remastered, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Matterfall, Medieval, Patapon Remastered, Patapon 2 Remastered, Resogun, Returnal, Shadow of Colossus, Tearaway Unfolded, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Left Behind, Until Dawn, Uncharted The Nathan Drake Collection, Uncharted 4 A Thieves End, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, and then Wipeout Omega Collection. That's first party. When it comes to third party, the list goes like this. Ashen, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Batman Arkham Knight, Celeste, City Skylines, Control Ultimate Edition, Dead Cells, Far Cry 3 Remastered, Far Cry 4, Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition, For Honor, Hollow Knight, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Mortal Kombat 11, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, NBA 2K22, Outer Wilds, Red Dead Redemption 2, Resident Evil, Soul Calibur 6, South Park, The Fraction of a Hole, The Artful Escape, The Crew 2, and Tom Clancy's The Division. PlayStation Plus Premium slash Deluxe members will have a selection of popular classic games to play, with some titles that will show improved frame rates and higher quality resolution compared to their original launch versions. First select original PlayStation and PSP classic games, members will also enjoy a new interface with menus that allow you to save your game at any time, or even rewind if you want to do over. Also, players who have previously purchased the digital version of select games from the original PlayStation and PSP generation will not have to make a separate purchase or sign up to PS Plus to play these titles on PS4 or PS5. When these titles are released for PS4 and PS5, players can head to PlayStation Store and download a version of uh, for the consoles at no extra cost if they already own the digital version of the title. Some of the titles will not be available for individual purchase. Additionally, some remastered classics from pre previous console generations will be added to the PlayStation Plus Premium slash Deluxe plan. Below is an early look at a selection of games that will be available. And so talking about the classic games catalog, this is what the list looks like for original PlayStation and PSP games. From PlayStation Studios, you're getting Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, IQ Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Siphon Filter, and then Super Stardust Portable. And then from third-party partners, you're getting Mr. Driller, Tekken 2, Worms World Party, and then Worms Armageddon. I don't want to uh, be Gabe Logan, you know? I don't want to be game to be worms. <laughs> Talking about uh, the the uh, remasters, right? Part of the classic games catalog uh, from PlayStation Studios, you're getting Ape Escape 2, Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, Fantavision, Hot Shots Tennis, Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack X Combat Racing, uh, Jack and Daxter, The Precursor Legacy, Rogue Legacy, uh, or sorry, not Rogue Legacy, Rogue Galaxy, uh, Siren, and then Wild Arms 3. And then worth noting, right, that these are basically the PS2 classic games, but they're all remastered. They're the versions that were yeah. on PS4 before. And uh, uh, as a quick note, they're not even, mm -hmm. uh, like, next to all of the games lists on this blog, they put next to it, 
what they consider that game to be a part of certain consoles. Like you see like uh, original PlayStation uh, next to the PS1 games, uh, PlayStation uh, Portable mm. next to the one PSP game that they're launching with. Um, all of these uh, PS2 to PS4 classics, they consider to be PS4 games uh, yes. uh, because these are all games that were uh, previously uh, ported to the PlayStation 4 uh, platform. So no hey. new PS2 games are, are coming in apparently at launch. Exactly. Today I learned Jack X Combat Racing is a video game. Oh, same, yeah. same here. Yeah, I read it. I was like, Jack X? When was the one? Oh, yeah. That was, a, one of that was a big one. Uh, but yeah, worth noting, too, that uh, uh, coming off of what Barry just said, right, that these games are also on PlayStation Now. Like, this is what the PS2 list for PlayStation Now looked like. And also included the Rockstar games that ended up getting taken off when Rockstar put out the GTA trilogy And Bully well. wasn't even taken off. Bully not even on, on this list. Yeah, I believe there's no no Rockstar games, it looks like, on the, the classic collections list. Um, actually, is that true? Yeah, no, that, that is true. Because from third-party partners, you're going to get Bioshock Remastered, uh, Borderlands The Handsome Collection, Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition, Kingdoms of Amalur, 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 uh, Re-Reckoning, and then Lego Harry Potter Collection. And those are all uh, the PS4 versions of those games. And those are all like PS3 games that were remastered or uh, collected in, in there. Uh, and then for original PS3 games, and this is all via streaming, the list goes like this. From PlayStation Studios, you're getting Crash Commando, Demon Souls, Echo Chrome, Hot Shots Golf, Out of Bounds, Hot Shots Golf, World Invitational, Eco, Infamous, Infamous 2, Infamous Festival of Blood, uh, Loco Roco, Coco Reco, which I've not heard of, but I love that name. <laughs> uh, Motorstorm, I'm sure Greg Miller will go crazy about that one. Motorstorm Apocalypse, Motorstorm RC, Puppeteer, Rain, Ratchet and Clank Quest for Booty, Ratchet and Clank A Crack in Time, <laughs> Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus, uh, Resist Resistance 3, Super Stardust HD, Tokyo Jungle, and then When Vikings Attack. That is first party. Third party goes like this. Asura's Wrath, Castlevania, Lords of Shadows 2, Devil May Cry HD Collection, uh, Enslaved, Odyssey to the West, uh, Fear, F-E-A-R, uh, Lost Planet 2, Ninja Gaiden, Sigma 2, and then Red, Re Red Dead Redemption, Undead Nightmare. Let's all pour one out. It looks like Metal Gear Solid 4 is not on the list. The game's available in our, and this is back to the PlayStation blog, uh, the game's available in our PlayStation Plus games catalog will continue to refresh and evolve over time. So there's always something new to play. Andy Cortez, I want you to clear your mind, all right? Forget everything you know, all right? Okay. Focus only on the things that I just read, which was a lot. First blush, what is your take here? It's a lot of video games, bless. Whole lot of video games. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4, I think one of the largest omissions. Also, um, noticing a lot of the PS4 games, right? They mentioned that these will, some will offer better frame rates and better resolutions and things of that nature, just by the, you know, by the fact that they're running on more powerful hardware. Um, what if this is how they announced Bloodborne 60 frames? <laughs> like, what oh if my it, God. it wasn't even an announcement? <laughs> there was like, oh, by the way, like as if they knew that nobody was really clamoring for it. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these are, um, I, I think people in chat are mentioning no resistance one or two, and I'm uh, equally as confused about that, but maybe that's because they have bigger plans. I think when we notice the bigger games that aren't on the list, it is natural for me to wonder if there are bigger plans uh, for those titles. I think there are. You know, I think when I look through the games, you know, I'm I'm so happy that me and Janet did our PlayStation Now review late last year because it's given me such a good glimpse of what PlayStation Now was and now what that's transitioning into with PS Plus. There's a lot of games that were taken off uh, in terms of the classic games collection uh, that were ta that were taken off uh, transitioning into PS Plus. Like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, when you look at the list. A lot, a lot of shit that was there already, and then, like, yeah, the Metal Gear Solid games are gone, right? Like, the list goes on. I do think that 
the PlayStation Extra um, tier, which is that second tier that, that is getting the PS4 and PS5 games, that tier is honestly more impressive than what I would have predicted, right? Again, like you're 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 getting Ghost Team Director's Cut, you're getting Death Stranding Director's Cut, right? You're getting Horizon, you're getting Miles Morales, you're getting like you're getting Returnal, you're getting a list of games that. Honestly, for the PS5 catalog, which for PlayStation Now was totally absent because they didn't support PS5 games for PS Now, a lot of the games that I'm seeing show up here are fairly impressive, and I think this is kind of the base of where we're starting at. I think part of the reason why you see a lot of the games disappear going into this is one, to make room for the PS5 stuff, but then also to make room for growth. You know, they mentioned in the blog as well that they're going to add more games as they go. You're probably going to get a, cu a couple of game drops a month uh, for the service. And I think for them to do that, they got kind of got to make room for year one and figure out like, all right, let's do what we know, what we, know we can uh, uh, do for year one. And then year the, the year's after, let's figure out the deals we got to make. Let's figure out who, who we can talk to, right? Um, the PS1 catalog, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, unsurprisingly disappointing, right? Like, what, there's like, what, 10 games overall for this thing, yeah. and none of them are bangers. Uh, you're are not getting the Mogus Solid uh, the Final the, Fantasy VII. Are any of these games the one on PS1 Classic? Because that's what you were predicting, is that we were going to see at least what we got on the, the PlayStation Classic a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, and this. PlayStation Classic had way more games than this, right? PlayStation Classic had like 30 games, and I want to say, I forget which, there was a Tekken game on PlayStation Classic, but I don't think it was Tekken 2, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Um, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't tell you if Intelligent Cube was on there because I would not have remembered that, or Jumping Flash. But like, when we're talking about PlayStation Studios games, or when we're talking about PlayStation 1 games just in general, and you have a, a selection of 10 of them, and they're being filled with games like Jumping Flash and Intelligent Cube, then that's not a great selection. Like we gotta we gotta have bangers only if you're gonna limit it down to also, those games. Also, I wanna make it clear here because uh, the chat's kind of like uh, really wants to nail uh, and makes a, wants us to make it clear that this, this is not the yeah. full launch the list. list. But yes. again, with this service launching this month, I think in other territories next month, and this is the list that they're leading with, I really don't see the launch lineup actually being bigger, much bigger than this. There might be a handful of games that they might be trying to figure out for launch. Um, but, like, if this is the list that they're leading with, like, I don't know if the launch lineup, y'all, is really going to be any different than Yeah, that's the thing is... And if, I know, if, like, in the past they've said, like, the service, like, uh, we could see having up to 700 games. I don't know if they ever said that that was going to be realistically what that would be at launch. So. Yeah, like if we're talking about the, the going back to the classic games once again, right? If we're talking about the games that they're leading with, right? If they're leading with Siphon Filter and Tekken Two, and those are an Ape Escape, and those are the bangers on the list. I don't know if you're. I don't think you're gonna get Metal Gear Solid. I don't think you're gonna get Final Fantasy VII. I don't think you're gonna get even like the cooler, like the cooler deep cuts, like Brave Fensu Musashi, right? Like these are all very predictable games that that would have appeared on the service and none of them really are that exciting even with the ps2 games right like the ps2 games one are all the remastered games there's no hint of any like of um, any native new playstation 2 game that hasn't been available on the console for a long time right these are all games that were already available and so if this is the list that they're choosing to put out i do think that's evidence of no this is the this is this list is going to be representative of what you're going to get on this thing which i think on one hand is kind of disappointing in terms of the classic stuff but in terms of the new stuff, right, which is PlayStation's focus, PlayStation's never really cared that much about its classic games library because that's not where the money is for them. Their money is for is with the modern stuff. It is with the PS4 stuff. It is with the PS5 stuff. And for that stuff, the list is actually pretty good. Like, the list, I look at the list and I'm like, damn, I'm actually more impressed by this than I thought I was going to be. I think we will start to see 
like you all have been mentioning already, more sort of scheduled stuff to get to build up more hype. I feel like every month, whenever we see whatever is hitting Game Pass, that's always kind of a, a you know, people go kind of crazy on Twitter for, holy shit, this game's coming to Game Pass. That's really exciting. Whether it's a new title or a classic title or something you played uh, several years ago or whatever. But I do think that they kind of want to get that hype up uh, sort of like not every month, but maybe every quarter or something like that. Hey, those games that were missing that you were asking about, three of them are here now. Check out PS, uh, you know, whatever the hell this uh, service is called. I I think it's something to kind of, you know, gather more hype for the future um, to kind of keep it in the, you know, the uh, current sort of talking point, because you don't want to just release this service and then just have it be done and nobody talks about it again. And you don't want it to be this sort of legacy thing. You want it to be a living, breathing service that continues to evolve. So I think this is still insanely impressive for its sort of launch. And I think it'll only get more excited, uh, exciting. By the way, Tekken 3 was on the PlayStation Classic. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah, Tekken mm-hmm. 2 wasn't on there. And, um, sorry, uh, really, really quick, because like I know like I've been kind of negative mainly on the the uh classic game side like i do like the the middle tier which is i think a lot of people in the industry predicted like that's the tier a lot of people are want to go go for because it is like a even just looking at the launch lineup like that's a really great list of games all of these games are games that i've played but like not necessarily everybody else who uh has playstation plus and stuff like that have necessarily played all these games so this is like a really cool opportunity for that uh my personal takeaway specifically when it comes to the classic games and uh specifically the ps2 games because uh, this is something that i uh predicted when they officially announced this like kind of new um subscription uh thing kind of bringing the idea of ps now to playstation plus um my gut was telling me that we were pretty much only going to see the ps2 games uh on this service that we've already seen on ps4 like we already said and the fact that they don't even mention that list of games uh as playstation 2 games but games that have been remastered for you know this current uh playstation platform like we're not going to be seeing any like ps2 games added to the service we're not going to get that haven't been ported yet yeah and yeah like like, you're not going to get and those ports only happened like uh like it was like four or five years ago that those ports happened and we haven't seen that list of ps2 games come to the modern uh generation since then you know like that was a very select list of games that they they did for ps2 to ps4 i remember that being like a, a summer thing that uh that they did yeah that like, was like a few you're years you're not after gonna see to simpsons hit and run ever come to this you're not gonna see, yeah no you're not gonna see burnout 3 you're yeah. not gonna see a sports big big you're games, not gonna right, see dude? like I, I, I don't think because it's not like an offering on modern consoles you're not gonna see the original ratchet and clank games on here you're not going to see the same service that they talk about with ps1 games and psp games where you know some of those games are going to get an offering of like ui where you can save at any time and like rewind feature and stuff like that that they mention in that like you're this is it for ps2 unless they really restructure it in a couple of years and uh, kind of like how game pass kind of like evolved over time where eventually they could uh offer original xbox games and stuff like that like you're not going to see that for a very long time at least yeah, and I, I I agree with you there. I do think that the way that they're packaging a lot of these classic games at the same time reminds you a little bit of what Nintendo has with Nintendo Switch Online plus the expansion pack, where at launch, especially for the expansion pack, right, at launch, uh, you saw a lot of people go, wow, I'm paying this much for this 
very like small selection of N64 games plus a small selection of Genesis games, right? And people I think had the same thing when it launched originally with the NES titles as well. But then you saw it grow from there and end up gaining value from there, right? I can see a very similar thing happen, very similar thing happen here uh, with some of the classic stuff, but especially the PS4 and PS5 stuff. I think that's going to be the bread and butter of the service. And it goes back to they want to sell you on extra. I don't. I think pre- PlayStation Plus Premium, the highest tier, is going to be for the hardest of the hardcore, the people that really want to get access to those games. PlayStation Plus Extra, I think, is where where they're really trying to get most people into, and I think it's going to work, right? Like, imagine somebody, imagine being somebody who. It's either new to the PlayStation ecosystem or new to the PS5 specifically. If you're new to the PlayStation ecosystem, you're getting a lot of games here that are going to be really cool for you, right? If I even just read down the list, right? Demon Souls, everybody's golf, Ghost, Tsushima, God of War, Santa Monica, 2018, right? Like Gravity Rush, Horizon. Everybody's golf server soon, Jesus Christ. Yeah, which sucks, right? But then, like, imagine right. being somebody who hasn't gotten a PS5 yet, which is a lot of people. If you if you get a PS5. PlayStation Plus Extra is going to be where it's at, right? Because as I mentioned before, you're getting Miles Morales, you're getting Demon's Souls, right? Like you're getting the director's cut of both Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding. That list is only going to grow uh, as we go, right? I wouldn't be surprised if by this time next year, you have Horizon Forbidden West on there. You have other PlayStation first party games, PS5 games on there, uh, because I think that's what they're really trying to push for. I think that is the part of this that is supposed to be the quote unquote Game Pass competitor. And like, I know it's not one for one, right? I know people get get wild when, I, when we compare the two but i do think they're trying to usher people in there in a similar sort of way of like no this is the new ps plus this is what we want most people to use subscribe to and i think with that like again it's a very strong foot forward could the classic stuff be better yes uh but i i, I think the takeaway here is how strong the extra the, the extra tier is going to be and how much they're pushing that and they also have data on what games are maybe being uh played at certain times or where the demand is and I just kind of always go back to that. Like, yes, there may be a hardcore clamoring for older classic games, but is, how much is it outweighed by, you know, playing a game that came out on PS4 that you may have missed that is now available now? Like, they, I feel like if there is demand, it's likely smaller than for playing, for example, Ghost of Tsushima, which is like, I, I love the fact that there are newer games on the list like that. I wasn't expecting newer titles um, f f of that recent of an era. So that's pretty neat. Uh, we're not done with PlayStation Plus news just yet. Let's hop into story number two. Ubisoft Plus is coming to PlayStation. This comes directly from a Ubisoft press release. Ubisoft Plus will come to PlayStation in the future, bringing access to more than 100 titles, additional content, pa content packs, and rewards to the platform. The subscription service is currently available on PC, Stadia, and Amazon Luna, offering players day one releases, classic games, and premium editions, and ultimately will be available on PlayStation and Xbox. Ubisoft also revealed that beginning May 24th, it'll launch a new PS, a new Ubisoft Plus subscription for PlayStation Plus called Ubisoft Plus Classics. Ubisoft Plus Classics on PlayStation is a curated selection of popular games, including top-selling Assassin's Creed Valhalla, The Division, and For Honor, as well as beloved classic games like Child of Light, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and more. The Ubisoft Plus Classics catalog for PlayStation Plus will launch with 27 titles and will grow to 50 by the end of 2022. Check out the full list of day one games below. The list goes like this. You get Assassin's Creed Valhalla, For Honor, The Crew 2, Child of Light, Eagle Flight, which I forgot about Eagle Flight. Man, uh, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Far Cry 3 Remaster, Far Cry 4, uh, Legendary Fishing, Risk, Urban Assault, South Park, The Fractured Wood Hole, South Park, The Stick of Truth, Space Junkies, Star Trek, Bridge Crew, uh, Starlink, Battle for Atlas, Steep, 
The Crew, The Division, Trackmania Turbo, Transference, Trials Fusion, Trials of the Blood Dragon game, uh, Trials Rising, Valiant Hearts the Great War, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and then Zombie. I had well, to Google Eagle Flight. <laughs> Yeah, right. You I remember forgot it? about this. That was that early VR game. Uh, quote, with Ubisoft Plus Classics, we're providing PlayStation players with another way to enjoy Ubisoft games on their consoles, said Chris Early, Ubisoft's Senior Vice President of Partnerships. He continues, quote, this is just the beginning, as we'll ultimately make Ubisoft Plus available to PlayStation owners as we continue to build our vision and provide players with more options to access their favorite games wherever they are, end quote. Ubisoft Plus Classics will launch bundled with the PlayStation Plus Extra or PlayStation Plus Premium subscription tiers on May 24th in Asia, June 2nd in Japan, uh, June 13th in North and South America, and June 23rd in Europe. Andy, this is good news for you. Um, I mean, not necessarily for me, but I, it's, it's interesting that I think the first days that we sort of heard of Ubisoft Plus being a service... I thought it was going to be like, oh, wow, good for Stadia getting the exclusive on that. Yeah. And then Luna got it. I was like, oh, OK, it's on Luna now. <laughs> and it just seems to be <laughs> kind of be like a, a Ubisoft is trying to get this shit uh, all over the place. Um, I, I mean, it's great to have an older catalog of games like this, especially so that the masses can play Starlink Battle for Atlas. 100%. Uh, I remember I played that game for like a week and I, I was I thought it was a, a pretty fun game. Um yeah, I mean, I'm not too shocked by this. I feel like Ubisoft is just trying to get this service wherever they can put it. We'll see it on, I'm sure, a web browser coming to you anytime soon. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by this at all. I want to bring in a question from Manic Pixel, who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, it says. Uh, so we, Ubisoft are all in on both Game Pass and PS Plus. Are we seeing a new model being created for third-party studios? For a company like Ubisoft that likes its games as a service, putting all their games on subscription services essentially makes them free to play. They can then focus on whatever's road mapping comes next, uh, knowing that Game Pass slash PS Plus will do the job of putting the game in the player's hands. Is this a good move, or will it just lead to even more focus on monetization? I think it's fascinating. I think Ubisoft is a publisher slash company that is trying to figure out a lot of things currently, and they have been for quite a few years. You had that the year where they pushed um, Ghost, or no, they put out Ghost Recon Breakpoint that very much failed to live up to their expectations. And then you saw them delay um, Immortals Phoenix Rising and a bunch of their games the following year because they were like, yeah, we got to get our shit together, right? And then recently you've seen them announce a lot of different kinds of games for Ubisoft. You've seen them talk about how they want to lean more into free-to-play stuff. You've, all, you've also seen them announce like X Defiant and like um, uh, you saw Hyperscape come and go. You, 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 um, you've seen them announce uh, Division Heartland and like quite a few free-to-play projects. It seems like they're in a place of like, experimentation and trying to figure out what their next move is. I think a lot about a conversation that we had uh, on Gamescast, where it was me, you, Greg, and Tim, and it was after the PlayStation, or no, after the Xbox acquisition of, of Activision. And Greg was making the point of how third parties, at least the traditional big AAA third parties, are struggling right now. And this might be the way for the industry to get to a health healthier place for a lot of these big companies to get acquired by a PlayStation or Xbox or bigger organization to get their shit together. And Ubisoft, I think, is struggling with that. With one, how expensive it is to make video games. Uh, two, how hard it can be to keep people in. Three, how tough it is to make a an ongoing games as a service. But like, how these seem to be the wave. How these seem to be the way to to stay financially viable, right? Like, as Ubisoft, you want to stay afloat as a company. You want to be. You want to. You want to um, uh, stay like. I'm gonna make up a phrase. Financially vibrant as a company, right? You want to make a lot of money, and 
a lot of these ongoing games are where it's at for big AAA, and I think they're just struggling with it. And I think Ubisoft Plus being a part of PlayStation Plus, being a part of Game Pass, being a part of Luna, Stadia, et cetera, et cetera, I think is a way to test the waters to see, hey, can we put out these premium titles while also monetizing them in an ongoing way as well? Like when I when I um started playing Riders Republic, like a week into it, I, I was loving the game, but I was shocked by how bad some of the moneta- monetization stuff in that game was. And I think this is evident of, yeah, Ubisoft just needs their, they're like, they're really trying to figure out how to, to, to get more money on top of like the initial purchase and on top of the uh, just ongoing stuff as well. And I think that's just the struggle for them. So I do think that this is them testing the waters and seeing like what's going to work for them, what's not. And I think it's a good move because PS Plus, well, Game Pass at the very least is very successful. And PS Plus, I think has the potential to be very successful as well. I think it'd be really, I'm super interested to see exactly what the numbers are in Ubisoft Plus. And it, it's it got to be one of those just kind of extra little bank accounts for them just to, you know, don't obviously hold your business on top of it and make it be the reason that you all are making games. But I would love to see what the active user count is for Ubisoft Plus across all platforms. There's got to be at least two on Stadia, right? And like, mm. how many are using it on on Luna, and how many use, are using it um, on whatever platforms that they're on right now? Because I know they're coming to Xbox soon as well. I I really hope that this isn't the future for a lot of these larger third party publishers. I know that you know, obviously, EA Play has an option that you can tack on to Xbox Game Pass and it'd be sort of this um, added library. I, we're starting to sort of see more and more of these services become available. And I, if it does become sort of a regular thing, what, what's the next larger third party to do this? Like, do we see this mm. happen with 2K? Or do we see this happen with... Um, I don't know. I'm blanking right now, but it's, I, it's I hard because feel... you see, like, they're like the third-party publishers you would usually pull from have like changed dramatically. Like Activision would be the other one to pull from, but they've been bought by Xbox, right? Like right. Square Enix, but they seem like they're in the process of uh, possibly getting bought by somebody, right? Like, you know, I think we're kind of drilling down to the, to the last few of that like ilk, and it seems like all of them might be veering toward this direction. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very, very... Yeah, Embrace a group in Septicon, exactly, in chat. Mm. Um, Embracer seems like a group that definitely wants to get in and could, in some ways, monetize this, especially with them trying to not only get a large library of games and IPs, but what are they doing with the future of those IPs, and how are they bringing some of those things back and say, hey, by the way, we now own Legacy of Cain. Uh, shout out to Mor Hussein. And when we come out with that new game, you can play it and buy it for $70 or it'll be on our, you know, Embracer Max deal, you know, whatever the Embracer fuck they want to call it. Yeah, I, I kind of like it, honestly. Kind of like, yeah, I you know. kind of sold me on it. Fuck, I man. know. I Hit me up. new SpongeBob game on Embracer Max. Hit me up, y'all. Yo, max yeah. it up. Let's max it up. Uh, Andy, we got some breaking news for you. Uh, this is tweeted out by at Fall Guys Game on Twitter. It is happening. Uh, soon, you'll be able to play Fall Guys for free on all platforms. Uh, see you on PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and Epic Game Store on June 21st. Uh, this is a fun one. I think like this is this is one that I think was kind of inev- inevitable. Um, just earlier today, actually, Matt Piscatella uh, tweeted out um, talking about like why this happened. Right? He said, according to the MPD Group's uh, player polls, nearly half of Fall Guys Ultimate Knockouts player base is between the ages of 13 and 24. Um, and the three games fa- Fall Guys players most often play when not playing Fall Guys are Minecraft, Among Us, and GTA 5. Mm. And I think for that kind of player base. 
Fall Guys going free to play, I think, makes a lot of sense, right? Get it into more players' hands, focus more on a battle pass system, do that stuff, and make that money there. Um, Andy, thoughts? Um, well, not only that, I also saw apparently they're doing a level editor, which seems oh, really exciting. There, there, there will be a oh, level shit. editor, and then uh, I forget if you sa uh, said this, but it'll be cross-play and cross-progression as well that they're adding. Fantastic. Yeah, that's got to be exactly the next sort of evolution of where you take uh, a franchise like that, which obviously we don't hear about a whole lot um, anymore just in terms of you know, where the gaming audiences are right now. I think Among Us and Minecraft are two obvious games to look at as being super successful. But I feel like Fall Guys obviously had its time in the sun and it sort of faded away a bit. And I think this will definitely bring in uh, a large chunk of the audience back to check out whatever the new updates are. Um, and it's just a super smart move. I feel like it's the obvious kind of right call to make right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are owned by Epic. Right, now they're one of the purchases that Epic. They made. got bought by Epic, yes. Okay, that's what I thought because this seems like them leaning into that strategy as well, like that Rocket League and Fortnite. Fortnite being the like the one to kind of spearhead this approach of, hey, let's go free to play, get into people's hands, and then focus in on one battle pass, and then also like skins, partnerships, all that stuff. And you've seen it obviously it happens with Fortnite because Fortnite is like the king of the crazy ass skins, getting Spider Man in there, getting Doctor Strange in there, getting Kratos, all the above. Uh, but then you see it happen with Rocket League too, right? Rocket League has that has Rocket League has the cosmetics. Fall guys. Like Fall, Fall Guys has that stuff as well, and like when they launched, they leaned right into that. Right, I remember the tweets of like just random brands tweeting at Fall Guys, being like, "Yo, let's get a Walmart skin in there, let's get a fucking Sonic skin in there," and then a lot of that stuff happened. I think with I think um, with the way Epic operates, Fall Guys is like primed for that treatment right go free to play again get it in way more players hands and get the conversation going again because it's not the it's not that fall guys ever went away per se but i think that the conversation around it just hasn't been as big because it isn't a Fortnite, right like it's i don't even think it's a it's a rocket league but i do think it can get to that level um uh, with moves like this and so hell yeah i'm very excited for crossplay especially because that means i can play it bear it on this big beautiful oh wow Steam deck. Well, well, well here's the thing here's the thing guy. bless what's up I think they're uh, moving away from Steam, um, and I, oh, I think. For, uh, hold on, let's see. That's not gonna stop me. I'm gonna play. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it on the. And, and chat, let me know if I'm wrong. I think maybe if you already have it on Steam, you're fine. But from here on out, you have to get it on uh, Epic. Oh, but someone in the chat says uh, Epic Games uh, works on the Steam Deck. So there you go. That's what I thought. Yeah, I haven't, okay. I haven't yeah. figured that out yet. But I, I do think I can play my Epic Games, which I gotta do because I have quite a few games. This level there. creator thing is, I think, probably going to be really massive for them when. Whenever I go home and I hang with my nieces and nephew, they are always playing either custom games on Fortnite in just weird levels. And it's it's always weird little uh, kind of um, obstacle course type games or they're doing custom games on Roblox in weird maps oh, yeah. created by uh, users out there. So I think I think all of that is awesome news. And I think especially the level creator is going to be really massive for that player base. Andy, it's already been a very eventful episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. And would you know that we still have a lot of a lot more big news to get to. But before we get there, I want to let people out there know that you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up the skincare game. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your face. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin. Gia has been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh so clean afterward she has dry skin so especially during the winter it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation also she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell all you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs level up your skincare game with lumen skin today you can go to lumenskin.com kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products that's l-u-m-i-n-s-k-i-n.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash kind of funny. Shout out to MapleStory for sponsoring this episode. Are you tired of being judged based on the way you look? MapleStory is too. Because while it may look cute and cuddly, this is a deeply hardcore MMORPG. MapleStory is full of vast colorful lands and a ferocious array of towering monsters and don't get us started about damage. MapleStory will have you dealing billions with each swing of your Fafnir battle cleaver as you battle boss after epic boss and you can customize your mapler your way maple story has 40 plus jobs and thousands of weapons outfits hats armor sets and mounts for you to take on your journey from the lionheart battle bracers to vicious lollipop wands and you know i love a lollipop wand there's a ton to see and do in this picturesque world and with 18 years of content to sink your genesis weapon into there will always be a new adventure around the corner maple story is ready to go are you? You can go to maplestory.com to check out the game and play for free. That's free, guys. Come on. Maplestory.com. Now it's time, Andy, for story number three. Konami has some big plans for Silent Hill. This comes from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Multiple Silent Hill projects are currently in development at studios around the world, sources have told Video Games Chronicle, and could include a remake, a full sequel, and story-focused episodic series. Last week, a collection of leaked concept images appeared to confirm that a new Silent Hill is or was in development. This followed a VGC story from last February in which we reported that Konami was planning to revive the long-dormant horror game series. Now, details are emerging on what some of, this, some of those projects could look like, uh, as first mentioned by influencer Nate the Hate and journalist Jeff Grubb, one of the, the in-development titles could be a remake of fan-favorite 2001 installment Silent Hill 2. This matches uh, with what VGC has heard from our own sources. It's claimed that the remake will feature reworked AI, animations, puzzles, and several new endings, and potentially uh, release as a timed exclusive on PlayStation consoles. The Medium studio has been linked uh, to the Silent Hill franchise constantly over the past 18 months. Uh, last year, the Polish developer announced a, quote, strategic cooperation agreement with Konami. Uh, months after, Bloober's CEO uh, claimed it was working on an existing horror IP from a, quote, very famous gaming publisher, end quote. Silent Hill's composer, Akira Yamaoka, uh, even worked on Bloober's 2021 title, The Medium, and teased his next game project by stating that it was, quote, the one you've been hoping to hear about, <laughs> end quote. That's basically a confirmation. At that point, it's like, okay, these aren't rumors anymore. Uh, but as VGC and insiders have reported previously, we understand Konami has been actively taking, actively talking uh, to several developers about reviving the Silent Hill IP across multiple games. One of those projects is intended to be a smaller, episodic series of short stories, uh, we were told. 
Sources have previously indicated that Until Dawn Studio, uh, Supermassive, had once been involved in talks for such a project, which eventually evolved into its Dark Pictures games. One new name uh, two people independently gave uh, VGC was Annapurna Interactive, the acclaimed publisher behind games such as Sayonara Wild Hearts, Outer Wilds, and Telling Lies, which they said could be involved in the story's project. However, they said many studios had been involved in pitches for Silent Hill, and it's possible Annapurna was simply one of those discussions, rather than a project that was eventually greenlit. Finally, VGC had been told that Konami is planning to release a new mainline entry in the Silent Hill series. It's not clear who is leading the project, but VGC reported last year that a Japanese studio was working on a Silent Hill project. The images leaked last week are understood to be related to a PT-style game teaser, uh, or teaser game, I should say, codenamed Sakura, which is intended to be released as a, as a free digital title to build anticipation for the larger projects. We understand that the company had planned to announce these projects last year before it pulled out out of E3 2021 uh, due to what it called timing issues. Andy Cortez, it seems like we're due for a Silent Hill renaissance and we're about to get it. What do you think about this? I wonder what the hardcore fan base wants at this point, because for me, like just on the outside, I've, I was never necessarily a big Silent Hill fan. I've always kind of hated scare games, but it was one of those cool games you played on PS1 as a kid um, because it was just super terrifying and it was the alternative to resident evil i i in my mind i feel like maybe the general reception is at first some excitement but for me it's more of like not like this like this mm -hmm. seems like a kind of weird way to take advantage of a franchise that's been gone for so long and we are going to try to we're going to try to really just capitalize on whatever it is that's that all the hype is for Silent Hill coming back into the fray and announcing not announcing. Right. But just having this many rumored these many rumored products, they start to feel like that just products mm. as opposed to maybe uh, a, a, a PT like teaser coming back into the fray and everybody going, holy cow, is, is Silent Hill really back at this time? Having all these rumors sort of pop up, it just seems like, you know, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily super high on Bloober Team because of how the medium, um, I, I think the medium was kind of fine. technically impressive, but it was mm -hmm. more than that, you know, Greg Miller liked it, so you gotta know, it probably wasn't that great of a game. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think having Annapurna being involved in some way is good because they generally have a pretty good taste and they have a good feel on what um good storytelling can be but like who are they contracting to do the actual work who are they what devs are they getting on on the team um i don't know it's all it all just kind of starts to feel like hey guess what star wars has been gone for 27 years but guess what we're coming back with a new movie a tv yes. show video games and it's like uh no no i don't want it i feels, don't want it back like this you know it feels like they're putting the cart before the horse a little bit right like having these many ideas this early on before you've shown us any new silent hill stuff when i look at this and i look at konami like i get nervous because konami of today isn't the konami of a decade ago right they're not the konami of two decades ago right they're not classic konami that you know for putting out quali quality projects with quality ip right like when they were putting out the great metal gears the great castlevanias um the great silent hills they're not that Konami anymore. And I'll love, like, I love the idea of Konami re-entering the space and bringing back their IPs because they have such good IPs, right? The ones that I just named. Um, 
but it just makes me nervous. Uh, like I, I, I think you can make a new great Silent Hill game. My question is, who is the developer? Like, I, I, it's hard for me to even get excited about it until I know that, right? Like, who's gonna be, gonna be working on the teaser? Like, what is the teaser gonna be? Is it just gonna be a rehash of PT? Because like. PT was special because it was PT, right? PT was special because it was new, it was a fresh idea, and also Kojima. Like Kojima just put, had the had the sauce, right, to make PT a dope ass thing. Right? Is it going to be that, or is it going to feel like a a husk of that, right? Like who's who's working on the episodic thing? I do have, I have I have trust in, in Annapurna as a publisher, but I don't think they've done anything like this per se, where they've been given an IP and they've had to search for somebody to work on the IP. I assume that. The projects, projects have usually been, hey, we approach a developer who wants to make a thing or a developer approaches us and we green light whatever their idea is. Them giving an idea to somebody else to work on makes me curious on like how, how they're going to go about that. I got questions about that. And then Bloober Team, I Bloober Team hasn't really had a game that I think has set the world on fire, right? Between the medium and Layers of Fear, I think these games have their fans. Um, and like, I know quite a few people who loved Layers of Fear, right? I know, I know, I know a few people that really liked the, the medium as well. But... I don't know if a big new Silent Hill game from the Bloober team is enough to get me hyped, right? Or even get Silent Hill fans hyped. I think the idea of a Silent Hill 2 remake could work out for them because at that point, like, you're not necessarily putting in a lot of the uh, original creative work, right? Like, you're taking something that exists, something that people like, and then maybe adding in remaster stuff or adding in new puzzles or adding in mm -hmm. some story elements here and there to make it flashy and make it work in 2022 or 2023, whenever this comes out. I do think that that could be promising. I think that is a easier task to live up to because like you're making something that people are already excited about, something that people already have this this nostalgia for and it doesn't have to be a Resident Evil 2 remake. It could just be a, hey, let's just redo the assets and, and find ways to modernize this. I do think that could be good, but it's it's tough to look at all of this and get super excited about about it. I do like though that um, they are doing something with the IP, but I'm gonna uh, for me, I'm at a place where I'm like I want to tiptoe on this one. I'm gonna like see project by project what works out, what doesn't work out. Then like if the next thing if the if the teaser is dope, then I'm gonna get excited, right? If the teaser isn't dope, then I think that's gonna um, level where I'm at. It's just such a scary and sad place for them to be because like you have the big issues to fill and you have su like yeah you are trying to replace the game that i feel like the industry has been clamoring for for the last seven years or whatever and that's got to be the most daunting of tasks to have to sort of replicate that hype and try to make a game that is going to rival what pt gave to to users i think yeah. If anything, like, if anything, Silent Hill at this point could just be a horror game. And I feel like the only touchstones you have are this game's got fog and it's got Pyramid Head. And what else really kind of makes uh, Silent Hill Silent Hill, right? Is it the fact that is it that nostalgia, the fact that you just played it on PS2? Silent Hill 2 is, again, one of the more beloved horror games, but I feel like um trying to bring this franchise back in a meaningful way really just it i think i echo the same sentiments you feel blessed when it comes mm -hmm. to just like this just feels like konami trying to make the most out of a situation that maybe there isn't a whole lot of passion behind it just i don't know it just feels kind of just doesn't feel great to me right now <laughs> Andy, on a, on a similar note, I want to talk about story number four because it's another story that involves multiple projects using the same IP. Uh, story number four, Remedy has provided updates on five projects in development. This is Tom Phillips at Eurogamer.
Alan Wake and Control developer Remedy Entertainment has laid out its upcoming slate of projects, and there's a lot on the cards. Of course, there's the upcoming long-awaited Alan Wake 2. Uh, last week, we glimpsed some new concept art, uh, though we're told uh, not to expect any big reveal this summer as originally planned. Still, word of a Nintendo Switch release of the original game and a TV series in development all sounded positive. Quote, Alan Wake 2 is in full production stage, or is in the full production stage, uh, Remedy wrote in, a, in its latest financial results. Quote, a lot of work remains, but the game is starting to take a more complete form in many areas. Uh, as communicated earlier, Alan Wake 2 will be released in 2023, end quote. Next up is codename Vanguard, Remedy's free-to-play cooperative PvE shooter that's been in development for a while. Set to be co-published by Tencent, it's due to combine the studio's, quote, narrative expertise in action gameplay into an immersive multiplayer experience for PC and consoles. Vanguard has made, quote, good progress since the previous quarter, Remedy said. Codename Condor, a multiplayer spinoff from Control, quote, continues in proof of concept stage, Remedy said. Uh, this was previously said to be set in Control's oldest house, uh, featuring uh, Bureau team members. Codename Heron, uh, a bigger Control game, is, quote, in the concept stage and uh, its prototyping continues. Like Codename Condor, Heron was announced back in June 2021 as part of a publishing agreement with 505 Games. This project is separate to Alan Wake 2, even if the story of both franchises are intertwined. And then finally, if that wasn't enough, Remedy recently announced its partnership with Rockstar to remake Max Payne 1 and 2. Uh, sounds like early, it sounds like early days here, uh, though Remedy cheerfully notes, quote, the public reception to this announcement was overwhelmingly positive, end quote. Alan Wake 2 seems to be the next game of these projects due to be released uh, in 2023, though Remedy notes it expects to have, quote, major game launches, plural, between 2023 and 2025. Woo! Andy, last episode of Gamescast, we talked a lot about Remedy, right? Because we were talking about some of our favorite developers. I think it was Lucy James who brought up uh, mm -hmm. Remedy being one of hers. We talked all about how dope as hell of a game that Control was. Uh, do, these, do, do five of these new projects coming out of Remedy excite you? I think I'm at the point where it's like, which ones are going to get canceled? Which ones are the ones that maybe don't actually make it? And also, let me just say, bless, I'm really glad we didn't wake up for this. <laughs> I, like, I, I, we were almost going to wake up at six in the morning and react to this. And it's great that we just kind of got this news. And I just had Blessing read it to me, which is fantastic. I think this is, uh, I mean, this seems kind of similar to the Silent Hill stuff happening where... Like, first off, my question is, how many goddamn people are working at Remedy? Yeah, can... right? It's like, how big is the studio? <laughs> are you yeah. working on this many games? Yeah. Um, I, I think when you when you think about it, um, it's not necessarily the the amount of employees that they have maybe working on these projects. For me, it's more of like, well, what directors are splitting time between any of these projects? And like, what does the leadership look like on these product uh, on these projects? Um when I, I think the only one that kind of excites me is maybe, uh, aside from the, you know, the next gen, whatever the next control is, the one that excites me is maybe the multiplayer game set in the oldest house. I think that sounds yeah. like a neat concept, but whatever this Vanguard game is, um, this multiplayer one partnered with Tencent, that's got a lot of Crossfire X vibes to me. Um, just mm. kind of hearing them partner with Tencent, that seems like just go get that bag and work on the game you actually and really didn't, didn't care Remedy about. Didn't Remedy work on that one uh, yeah. shooter game that you guys talked about earlier in the year? Yeah, Crossfire X. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, you thought I was you thought you thought I was maybe talking about X Defiant? Maybe. I, for, <laughs> I, I, you said Crossfire X, and I for some reason in my head I registered it as a different game than Crossfire. <laughs> I think it's because they had the two modes, right? Because it was right, multiplayer, right, right. and then Remedy worked on the single player. Yeah, I, I mean, this is just like a shitload of news, and I'm really kind of 
again, kind of just bewildered by the amount of employees that they must have working on these projects. Um, yeah, as far as Max Payne 2 goes, Max Payne 1 and, and 2, we've talked about that before, but that seems like a the perfect kind of marriage of bringing that game back and modernizing it in some way. Um, but Alan Wake 2, I'm not super excited for it because I wasn't the biggest fan of Max Payne 1, and I hear that this game will be even scarier based on how they are kind of pitching it. And I don't like scary games, plus too scary for me. Yeah, dude, I feel that you play you play them from soft games though, and like those games are some of the scariest games I've ever played. Bloodborne specifically, it's terrifying. Oh, Bloodborne, terrifying. Also, the yeah. hands and Elden Ring, scariest thing I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Goddamn. Um, but yeah, like this, uh, I think this harkens back a little bit to the Silent Hill stuff. I think the difference here is that I have more trust in Remedy uh, today than Konami. Sure. Um, oh you yeah. Know, coming off of like the success of Control, right? Like. They have the creative juice there, and I want to see them knock these all out of the park. I think the worry is that, like, yo, these are a lot of different ideas to knock all these out of the park. Like, and these are a lot of different ideas, right? Like, it's one thing to be working on Alan Wake 2 or the next single-player control game, but to be working on those and then be working on multiplayer projects, like, those are two very different things, right? Like, we don't see that. We don't, we don't see many developers tackle that. Like, Respawn, I think, is the one that comes to mind in terms of, wow, you guys made Apex, you guys made Timefall 2, and you guys made Jedi Fallen Order? Like, you guys have the sauce. Uh, and I think that's a very difficult thing to pull off. Like, Respawn, I would say, is one of the, be- one of the best developers doing it right now at this moment. Um, and Remedy, I think... Could have the could have the similar sauce, right? But I think it's a it's a wait and see. I am excited to see what Alan Wake Two ends up being. I didn't play Alan Wake One. I didn't really have uh, the interest in it. Um, but like after playing Control, I'm down to see whatever other other single player stuff they do is. And so like I'm down. For, obviously, I'm down for Control too. But like I'm down to check out Alan Wake Two. I'm down to see what this multiplayer stuff is. Uh, I just hope it's good. And I think what they're doing here is setting up for what could be an incredible future. Because if they if they nail well, let's say they've already nailed control, right? I'm going to assume that they're going to nail control too. If they nail that, if they nail Alan Wake 2, if they nail the Max Payne remakes and they nail these multiplayer projects, their future is set because that is three IP between Alan Wake, Control, and Max Payne that they could work with there. And I know Max Payne is still owned by Rockstar, but if they knock it out of the park, I'm sure they can go back to Rockstar and be like, yo, let us make Max Payne 4. And Rockstar will probably let them, again, if they knock it out of the park. And like having that kind of uh variety as a studio i think it's huge right it brings me back to like how um like but that's the game studios has skyrim and they have fallout two banger ass ip and if starfield knocks out the park that's three banger ass ip right rockstar uh has red dead they have gta that they go back and forth between right like it is such a powerful place to be in to be a developer with that um that many games and have that level of versatility and then also have some of those games to be, be multiplayer and working on the ongoing side like you know, if they're again, if they knock it out of the park, the future is going to be very bright for them. Yeah, I think at this point, it really just is that sort of wait and see thing where I we it's almost the same feelings we have for Insomniac, where they've been they've killed every project that they've gotten. Right. Like uh, Spider-Man, yeah. Ratchet and Clank on PS5. And then we start to see Spider-Man 2 and then Wolverine. And you start to go, damn, how thin how are they stretched too thin right now? Like I. How how can they focus on this many projects at, of this scale, right? And I think that's where I'm at with Remedy right now, where it is like, we know you're capable of making great games. Are you capable of making many great games in a five-year span at the same yes. time? You know, We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Andy, story number five. Uh, after the Roe v. Wade cat <laughs> debacle that went on with Sony and Jim Ryan, uh, Insomniac plans to donate uh, to uh, WRRAP. I'm pulling from Nathan Grayson at Washington Post. 
Last week, PlayStation president Jim Ryan sent employees an email asking them to, quote, respect differences of opinion around abortion rights in light of the leaked Supreme Court opinion surrounding Roe v. Wade, stressing that, quote, we owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities, uh, end quote. And concluding the the missive uh, with several paragraphs about Ryan's cat's birthdays. <laughs> Employees were not pleased with the lighthearted response, according to a Bloomberg report about the email. Following that gaffe, Insomniac, the Sony subsidiary behind Ratchet and & Clank and Marvel Spider-Man, plans to donate $50,000 to uh, the Women's Reproductive Rights As uh, Assistance Project, aka WRRAP, according to an internal email sent May 13th from Insomniac CEO Ted Price, viewed by the Washington Post. Sony will match the donation, along with donations from individual Insomniac employees, if they make them via the company's PlayStation Cares program. Uh, in addition, Sony now plans to formulate an initiative to provide financial assistance to employees who might have to travel to different states to receive reproductive care. Insomniac will, be, will aid in formulating that policy. Now, to pause there, right? That sounds like good news, right? Everything I've read so far is like, okay, cool. All right, let's see where this goes. This is where the bad news starts to set in. Uh, neither company plans to tweet about their donations, and Insomniac employees have been forbidden from explicitly, men explicitly mentioning Insomniac or Sony should they decide to retweet any announcements the WRRAP might make, according to the email. A portion of the email is structured as a Q&A addressing questions from employees. In it, Price explains his rationale for the social media silence. He begins by noting, the studio sent a near 60-page document to PlayStation Studios uh, head Herman Holst filled with messages from employees urging leadership. Ryan, in particular, uh, to quote, do better by employees who are directly affected, end quote. For the time being, however, Insomniac is not allowed to make a statement about reproductive rights or its donation, nor does Price think it would be a good idea for the studio to go over Sony's head and try. Quote, there would be, a material, there would be material repercussions for us as a wholly owned studio, or let me say again, there will be a material. There will be material repercussions for us as a wholly owned subsidiary. Price wrote in a response to the question about what would happen if Insomniac tweeted about the donation. Quote, among other things, any progress that we might make in helping change Sony Interactive Entertainment's approach would be stopped dead in its tracks. We'd also probably be severely restricted from doing important public-facing work in the future. End quote, which is outrageous right like good insomniac for stepping up and and, and trying to do good F fuck sony for like not allowing their studio to, to to speak up and like speak for what's right and actually express themselves and feel empowered to like to do good i can't believe that is a, a i can't I, I can't believe this is happening like honestly it's upsetting i, I <laughs> for a second there i thought you were gonna say that you know hey sony's matching the donation that insomniac's doing but also donate uh, Sony's also donating money to anti-abortion <laughs> like, yeah. just both sides you know we got to respect <laughs> both sides yeah yeah it's, I mean you know it's not a great situation honestly and I'm I'm pretty shocked that they are telling their employees to not mention the company or mention Sony it's that's pretty uh that's pretty surprising honestly yeah, it's surprising and so upsetting, right? Like last uh, PS Love You XOXO last week, we talked about it, right? And Janet went on a great rant about it. And I highly recommend people check out that episode of PS Love You XOXO. But one thing that I brought up was the fact that Jim Ryan put out that uh, sent out that email talking about, hey, we should like respect every respect uh, everybody's views on this thing, right? And like went on to talk about his cats and all that stuff, right? He sent that email post Bungie speaking out about it, right? And Bungie donating money to that effort and Bungie really stepping up and Bungie being a newly acquired PlayStation studio, right? Being able to speak up and go, hey, like this is what we believe in and we're gonna fight for it. 
Jim Ryan sending out that email after that, I think, is so disrespectful. And so, like, it goes it, it, it goes back on what a studio they owned said. And, like, I don't know. If I was Bungie, I'd be so insulted by that. I'd be so pissed off by that. But to then go insomniac as a studio right which again good on them for going hey no we want to step up we want to do this and we're going to send this email to herman holst talking about how we are not happy with this and how we're going to donate this money good on them for doing that good on them for taking care or taking advantage of the playstation cares program so they can they can get that matched so it's going to be a hundred thousand uh but it fucking sucks <laughs> that playstation's like fun update for you guys rebecca uh, rebecca valentine tweeted out an hour ago i would be interested to know if playstation cares also matches employee donations to anti-abortion charities and uh shana, I mean, they probably moon, do. shana moon who i think uh chat was telling might have been former uh insomniac says it did when former i was there both Monica. pro and uh anti-abortion charities can have donations matched so there you go it's such a bummer it's such a bummer. Both and, like, sizes in Sony. You love to fucking see it. Jesus fucking Christ, guys. It fucking sucks. It fucking blows. And like PlayStation should do better. Jim Ryan should do better. And it's it's outrageous. Like I like I'm I'm it's honestly one of those ones where this broke as we're uh not as we're going live, but like a bit before we're going live. And as it was breaking, I was like, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say about this. This is like one of the worst things I've seen come out of PlayStation in a very long time. Um but yeah. Fucking sucks. Do better and donate to um, uh, uh, pro-choice organizations, right? Like, let's fight the good fight. And, and people saying like, "Oh yeah, it's just part of the you know the the program." Like they they want to be able to, to to match wherever you want to donate. But when you're donating to an organization that's trying to take uh, bodily autonomy away from uh, you know marginalized people, um, you can go fuck yourself. You know yeah. that's a, that's my personal take uh, takeaway there. Let's round out. The Ripper Report by Lifting the Spirits. With story number six, Multiverses confirms new characters in an open beta release date. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. There's a cinematic trailer that they also released um, uh, earlier today. Barry, you can play it as I read through. We don't have to watch it together. Uh, Warner Brothers Games has revealed new characters set to appear in its online fighting game, Multiverses, and confirmed plans for an open beta. The game's new cinematic trailer confirms Tasmanian Devil, a.k.a. Taz, uh, the Iron Giant, and Velma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Sorry, Velma from Scooby-Doo just killed me. Uh, also announced on Monday, the Multiverse's open beta will be taking place in July 2022. The open beta will follow this month's closed alpha uh, beginning on May 19th and running until May 27th. The closed alpha is an invite-only test that will allow players to experience various modes of the game, including 2v2 team-based uh, game mode. Andy Cortez, Velma versus uh, Tasmanian Devil. Who you got? Taz has got a big mouth got a big old mouth like when we talk about characters that their mouth is like 80 percent of their body i feel like anybody can fit in there and i feel like uh velma's going down mm. i just love seeing mm. bugs bunny and Arya stark just like <laughs> flying dynamic duo together. yeah this thematic is really good like at a certain point you see all the different characters team up with other characters from other universes and they paired up Iron Giant with Superman, and I'm like, yo, that's an OP team right there. I don't know if I can oh, fight. That's great. Iron I Giant love it because you know he look. Uh, Iron Giant looks up to Superman. That's actually pretty great. I fucking love. Yeah, that. like a lot of these pairs are awesome. You see Tasmanian Devil and Harley Quinn. Like I, I've not been super looking forward to multiverses because 
I've always just assumed it's going to be like another Brawlhalla, and I don't really fuck with Brawlhalla that hard. Like, I like the concept. I think it's cool being free to play all that stuff, but it's not a game that I necessarily play. I don't think it's going to be the next Super Smash Brothers or anything like that. But the cinematic did get me hyped. The cinematic did make me go, "Damn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at the very least try this out and see if it hits." Because like, even if I get out of it the same thing that I got out of Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, that'll be something. Because like, I got a strong week out of that game and had a good time, and then never went back to it again. This is free to play, so if I do the same thing with this game, I think that's gonna be a, a week well spent. But Andy, that week is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Little Witch in the Woods Early Access for PC, and then Skull the Hero Slayer is now available on the Epic Games Store. Uh, new dates for you, Fault, STP, Light, Kravti <laughs> weaves a previously untold sorry, tale of what? magic. I don't know what that word is. Light Kravti uh, weaves a previously untold tale of magic in the kingdom. Of, oh my god, of Rugzenhide. Rugs, I think I nailed that. Rugzenhide uh, on Friday, May twenty seventh, on Steam for PC. And then Kerbal Space Program Two has been delayed to early twenty twenty three for PC and later for PS five, Xbox Series X, PS four, and Xbox One. Here, here you guys go. This is Fault STP Light Kravti. Uh, I saw the butterfly and then I saw the anime lady and I was like, oh, okay, it's this game. It's, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Can you fast forward? Do they show gameplay or is this all just cool anime cinematic? It says a teaser, so I, I, I doubt it's really, mm. really much besides this butterfly from Persona. Um, <sighs> this is giving me visual novel vibes. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like a. Right, you know what? I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to judge Plus it. Plus, he's right. cute it anime girl, and he's like, mm, I'm like, oh, I might play that. I might, I might check it's that fair. out. It's, it's that might be fair. My next, yeah. my next 13 Sentinels. Uh, deal of the day for you. This comes from Wario64. Uh, there's a Mega Man sale on the US eShop. Uh, right now, you can get Mega Man Zero uh, and, and ZX Legacy Collection for $19.79. That's $19.79. You get Mega Man 11 for $14.99. Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 for $10 each. And then Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2 for $10 dollars each now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong you write in let us know what you got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe 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 uh let's see here let's see here the same you're wrong but m ms gombo says f-zero inspired racer red out is free on epic game store until thursday hmm. uh, let's see let's see let's see Nanobiologist mentions that there's 300 employees across 30 countries. That's so many countries. That's a, Yeah, that's a lot of countries. For who? Remedy. Remedy. Oh, okay. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, needy pretty here. <laughs> needy, needy pretty here says Bless said Mel Meller gear in several cases. More of a pet peeve than you're wrong, but he shouldn't be saying Meller gear is solid. Uh, needy pretty, you're doing too much. All right, this is how I talk, and also I'm sick. Off. Like back off. All right, you yeah. know what I mean, and you know what I'm saying. I don't think it's called Meller gear. I think it's called Miller gear. Um, <laughs> it's not like you said the same thing to be honest. <laughs> yeah, honestly, now that I said it out loud, I'm fuck. You might have a point. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's on Metal Gear, right? It's Metal Gear. <laughs> it's Metal Gear. It's Metal Gear, right? Oh man, uh, that's it for kind of funny. Like how much wrong? It looks like everything else looks like the same thing. People talking about Remedy having 300 employees. Cool, Andy. Me and you nailed it. We killed it. Great job. Great job, everybody involved. 
the rest of this week's hosts for kind of funny games daily go like this on tuesday you're getting tim and gary witta on wednesday you're getting me and janet on thursday you're getting tam and tim for tim tam thursday and on friday it's me and stella from ign uh if you're watching this live on twitch right now after this is mike playing some of that salt in sanctuary if you want to catch that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily uh each and every day live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time go play some Miller gear